0: what you got what you got greens, greens,
1: potatoes, tomatoes, okay lamb, greens, morning, what else
0: greens, greens, potatoes, tomatoes, yeah chicken, turkeys, right yeah yeah
1: yeah okay all right in, in case you didn't <laughs> didn't realize it this is a part of our thanksgiving
0: is this thanksgiving special we just want to
1: wish everybody happy Thanksgiving
0: happy Thanksgiving guys you know what's going on you know who it is it's Boomer and the Millennial
1: I'm Reggie the Boomer thank
0: you as I point to you <laughs> and I'm Armani the Millennial and you know what's up we back at it like a crack addict. happy Thanksgiving guys this should be dropping on Thanksgiving day if I'm yeah, not mistaken that's, that's the plan so the plan. if you're listening to this happy Thanksgiving hope that you are having a wonderful holiday full of food family and fun and
1: uh, safety.
0: And safety as well. Yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe not as many family members this, this go around, but we do want you to practice uh, uh, what the CDC says is being uh, safe and distance.
0: Yeah, it's rough.
1: We understand that it's rough. Yeah, but we got FaceTime. We got Zoom. We have a vaccine. So hopefully, oh boy, everybody's going to be on the road next year this time. Speaking of safety and the vaccine and the pandemic and all that stuff i mean we do have a this is sort of our public service if you will for a boomer and a millennial as we have our very special edition uh about covid oh right yeah yeah
0: that's facts
1: so you know this
0: is still a real thing guys don't think that it's and it's supposedly getting worse
1: so yeah that's why we decided to go ahead on and drop this and you know, it's informational, and uh, it's informative, and we uh, we think you'll—and it's entertaining, too. You know, we've got our own doc here and yeah, yeah, yeah. his daughter, so Dr. Fowler is a board-certified internist who's actually a native of Rhode Island, but he's been my doc probably since the 80s, so— Oh, know. really? Oh, yeah. I did yeah, not know yeah. that. First time I had my, you know, insurance, and I saw him, and I was like, hey, that's a brother. I want him. Yeah. And, no, I and, feel that. I feel that. And uh, the rest is history. He completed his internship and residency at uh, Grady Memorial Hospital right here in Atlanta, also Emory University School of Medicine. And he went to the University of Boston. That's where he became a doctor. Right. There uh, yeah, 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 There, there we go. go. He actually got his, his undergraduate degree from Brown University.
0: Okay. So he's been here for he's, a while. He's well-educated. He's well-educated.
1: And not only that, he's... Um, he is very informative. I mean, he really talks about your total health, and that's why we we really love Dr. Fowler. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, not just to uh, sit down, how you doing? Okay, next patient. But really,
0: he really cares. He really cares. That's and the takes,
1: homie, and takes the time. Yeah. to to look not just at what you where you are, but where you where you should be. Right, and trying to help you there. And his daughter Brandi Fowler, who I've, I've had the opportunity to work with. We've worked on a project or two. Uh, she has a love for Travel. She's a travel vlogger. Brandi has a degree from Duke University, and she obtained Ooh. a master's degree in broadcast journalism from the University of Southern California. Okay, wow, uh, USC. Um, Brandy went to work as uh, a writer editor for E! Online. Uh, You may have seen her in some of the red carpet events and she continues to do that. She is a freelance writer and she has written for syndicated columns and magazines like Health, Marie Claire, Essence, Shape, Yahoo, People and many, many more. She's the founder of the travel and lifestyle site Destination Fab. I like that. So check out Destination Fab. Before we bring them on, I just want to remind everybody to check out uh, the folks that bring us our music each and every week, the Dangerfield Newbies. That's Thank you, Jamal Ahmed, for for doing that for us. And we want to always give them a shout out, and please check them out.
0: But okay, I mean, I guess without further ado, let's... uh... Let's bring on Dr. Fowler and Brandy.
1: So, Doc, I uh, want to thank yeah. you and, and Brandy for, for coming on and being part of Boomer and the Millennial. Yes. For uh, transparency, we want our folks to know that uh, Dr. Fowler is our primary care physician. Yeah, this is facts. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he knows more about us than we, you They're, know.
0: Right. Than right. probably we do, I, <laughs> I would think, you know, off the top of our heads, probably.
1: I won't reveal anything like that. <laughs> And we have Brandy Fowler here, who is uh, internationally known and, uh, you know, (laughs) from Hollywood, but here in Atlanta. And Brandy and I have had an opportunity to work together. And uh, we're just happy as a a boomer and millennial uh, together, uh, dad and and daughter to be with us. Um, And that's kind of what we do with this. We get boomer and millennial family members together, and we have these kind of discussions. And as we talk about... COVID and, and I guess this is uh, for us it um, it's pretty relevant in that um, yeah. you are
0: know, you gonna put my business out there? Is that what you're yeah I, I think oh, it's, okay. I think it's important. that's fair. That's fair.
1: So so uh, for us, uh well why don't you tell the story?
0: I, you know because okay. you
1: got the you got the
0: notice, right? Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. So I granted, I have been very careful and very cautious during this whole pandemic. Uh, but I did go to Chattanooga for my birthday and had to get together with some friends of mine. Um, it was celebrating my birthday and another friend of mine, uh, her birthday as well at the same time. So it was a, a good amount of people, not too many, um, but probably more than I guess you would like. I don't oh, know. Now see, we didn't talk about the number of people. Okay, see, you know, well, it's different when you get the results back. But uh, uh, so it was, it was a good amount of people, but we weren't really wearing mat like there was food and and things like that so if you're eating and things like that you're not wearing a mask and so we were kind of also playing some party games and stuff like that and um, I got a notice that one of my friends who was at the function tested positive for COVID and she's a nurse so it turns out that she she had gotten COVID through a patient of hers and so after that, everybody was kind of like well i don't I don't know we gotta get tested this, that, and the other. I've had a few other friends who aren't feeling too well um so you know it's very it's a very scary thing, but we got tested uh for me, this is my fourth time getting tested, and I just got news this morning that it came back negative, so praise God for that, yes." Um, so I'm okay. I've, I and I had been feeling okay. I think the only thing was kind of my throat was kind of bothering me a little bit, but that happens here and there. I mean, the weather's changing. I also have allergies. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, I definitely got it. I'm just thinking the worst. And I probably made myself feel worse just because I didn't know if I had it or not. So,
1: so now, Doc, the question yes. is, so this happened... Uh, A week ago, right? Yeah, last last Saturday. Saturday. Mm -hmm. So we got tested on, been almost a week, we got tested on Friday. Right. And it was negative. So we've been together for almost a week. Right. So now with the negative test, my question is, are we considered out of the woods with this thing? Would you say? Well,
2: yeah, that's a good question. I think usually after exposure, they recommend something like four to five days getting tested. Although this, this, this virus has an incubation period of anywhere from two to 14 days, which means that any time during that period, you might become positive. So even though sometimes you have a test early on, you may become positive later in that 14-day period. That's kind of a scary thing you have to watch out for. Um, the other thing is, depending on what kind of test, I'm sure you, I guess, had the nasal PCR test, as we All call right. it, mm-hmm. a pretty effective test in, Nothing is 100%, but at the same time, the, the rapid tests that are nasal uh, are about 97.4% accurate. So you're gonna miss a small fraction of people even with that, even during the time, you may have the mm. virus, okay? Right. Um, so, so that's kind of where things are right now with, with testing and you know the duration of when you might become positive.
1: Okay? So the incubation period of that two weeks, you can be you can be negative, yeah,
2: yeah, up until fourteen. yeah, and that's why we always say if somebody's exposed quarantine for fourteen days, you see? because uh, oh. it can rise above your head during that time. That's where the fourteen day quarantine really
1: came from, okay, because okay. gotcha. because I was under the impression that you could if you were exposed, you were exposed, and then you know you would start seeing symptoms within the fourteen days. But what you're saying is that when you're seeing symptoms, then you know you may have it. But you may not have symptoms in that 14 days and still and still right, test yeah. negative.
2: Yeah, exactly. And remember, even with this, the number of people walking around with no symptoms, which is really scary. Right. Uh, because you just don't know. And, you know, the, the all kinds of percentages that have been thrown out uh, by you know, CDC on down regarding how many um, you know, how how, how many folks are walking around asymptomatically. We just don't know. Upwards of 40%, we think, or more. Um, so it's a, a very scary situation, and I think the the important thing is telling you, Armandi, and I think Brandy has heard this from me thousands of times: is that you have to be careful. You know, you have to be careful going to small parties. And you know, everybody's, you know, what is the exact number? You know, here. Well, don't be in a room more than with more than 10 people. Where did this come from? I mean, the bottom line is, I don't care how many people I don't care if it's three or four. Right. You have take the precaution. You have to distance yourself. The six-foot distancing, is that comes from the, this fact that viral particles, which are large, usually drop to the ground before they get to six feet. But the smaller particles, especially in an enclosed room, enclosed space, can travel farther. And the issue is, can you get it from those smaller particles? My gut feeling is, yes, you probably can. So I think in an enclosed environment, you have to be even more careful. Mm -hmm. Uh, but at least at least distance six feet so and then wear your mask uh, as you said and also the good hand washing all the things that you've heard these things are extremely important when you wash your hands don't forget at least 20 seconds Sing happy birthday twice that'll get you there okay
1: right so now what should we be doing i mean you know so we're negative for now uh it's been seven days so now what should we do yeah between now and next week this time
2: other than pray, <laughs> yeah, right. which we've been doing a lot of that. Uh,
0: yeah, that's for <laughs> yeah. sure.
2: Okay. But I think because the exposure occurred, I'd still quarantine. Okay. I still think you're stuck with quarantine for 14 days. You don't know. And then yeah. after that time, period, uh, technically you should have antibodies. If this thing does pop up in you asymptomatically, you could have antibodies at 14 days. And at that time, uh, you know, because the exposure you may think about wanting to get an antibody test, okay, after the fourteen days, just to see if you've actually had this, okay? Mm-hmm. And that will tell you. Uh, you know, if indeed you you know you had the virus. Okay.
1: And if we start getting symptoms between now and it's 14 days would be next next week this time, I guess, right?
0: Yeah. Next or this coming Saturday. Saturday. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, if you start having symptoms and knowing that there's been a history of exposure, and then that automatically should be a trip, unfortunately, to the emergency room. Okay. Uh, and because at the emergency rooms, they can test you, you know, pretty quickly, pretty accurately, and uh, let you know what's going on. Um, you know, this, is, this happened to a, a married couple of mine just last week, an uh, elderly couple um, who swore they had no exposure anywhere except to their daughter. Uh, who's an educator and would come over with a mask? Uh, and um, they, they, the mother first started having some symptoms last week, but you know, they were symptoms gastrointestinal, diarrhea, and she thought after eating a salad that was bad that it was the salad that caused it. And I said to her, I said, Listen, who we've been around, because I know how this virus is, it can cause. Dog doggone any symptom, mm-hmm. okay? right. It's so new. We don't know everything about it. It's so new. So she went ahead and did some things, did some clear liquids to see if the diarrhea would get better. It did get better. But then she called me um, on Monday or so and said she felt so weak. She didn't know what's going on. She didn't have any cough. She didn't have anything, just felt weak. I called the hospital, told them that she was coming and told them to prepare themselves just in case. And sure enough, she was tested and she was positive for COVID and had COVID pneumonia with no cough.
1: Mm. With That's cough. crazy. And no fever. And no fever. Mm. And she, yeah, okay. just, just so a fatigue. So so if, if, if you're feeling anything, then, because they say unless you really can't, you know, have trouble breathing or something like that to go to the emergency room. But you're saying maybe if, if you know, we start feeling some things that we might, might need to, to do that first off or kind of hold You need to talk to your primary
2: <clears throat> care doctor first and, uh, and run that issue past him or her. Right. And then give your instructions in terms of what to do.
1: Okay. okay. And, we'll, and and so we don't make this a teledoc, we won't ask you that, right? Right. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> so so Brandy, um, you have and I guess you don't mind because you mentioned it, so you don't oh, mind yeah. in talking about you've had you have your own COVID story.
3: Yeah.
1: Millennial COVID story. I just wanna, you know, make that. Yeah. So okay. uh, I uh, love rubbing that in. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't need to.
3: Yeah. In March, um, I was not taking COVID seriously. Um, and I had some work um, assignments in LA. And um, I remember right before I got on my flight, pretty much my parents and uh, my siblings both said, hey, maybe don't get on that flight. My friends told me, hey, maybe don't get on that flight. But I was like, hey, whatever, you know, if I get it. You know, I'll just quarantine, you know, I'll do what I have to do. At that point, nobody was wearing masks. mask. Um, right. Got to LA um, and it was just like business as usual. Um, I was at dinners, events, like indoor, outdoor. I was around hundreds of people. And probably around the last day, I had like a runny nose. But that's mm-hmm. it though. Like it was nothing out of the ordinary. Um, and by the time I got home, um, it felt like my allergies were acting up. But I was telling my dad, I was like, you know, I don't I don't have allergies like that. I don't have pollen allergies. Mm-hmm. But it feels like my allergies <laughs> are acting up. So I figured that I had COVID, but I just kind of was keeping that from my dad. I wasn't telling him everything that was going on. Um, and sure enough, like I just felt like, okay, on the chance that I do have COVID and I'm not showing any of the symptoms that they have listed, which I wasn't, none of the right. four time, which was the cough, the sore throat, the um what was it? Fatigue and um, oh, shortness of breath. Yeah. No, nothing. And then um, a couple of days after I decided to stay in, um, it felt like I was maybe getting a cold. It, it just felt really light. Mm-hmm. Um, still had the allergy symptoms, but still none of the four things. Um, and so I just battled it like I was battling a cold. And I didn't tell my dad until after um, I came out of that. Because it was light. It was not even like a flu feeling. It was just like a weird kind of um, light cold. I was good after a couple of days, and then I lost my taste and smell. I was yeah, really good, so. at um, and that, I lost my taste and smell for two months. But at the time, taste and smell, loss of taste and smell wasn't a symptom.
1: Right, in so, the beginning, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, as soon as I told my dad, like, oh, I feel like my allergies are acting up, and he and my mom were like, you probably have COVID. Um, so he actually told me to lay low for 14 days too, um, and then when I lost my taste and smell, that was kind of when I started looking for things like on Twitter or the internet about taste and smell. And I think that, mm-hmm. I think you had already seen some things about, so we were pretty sure, but I had no way of getting tested at the time because tests were only were limited to, to I think elderly or people who were at risk mm-hmm. um, and yeah. who had those symptoms. Um, so so I, I didn't know until I was able to get an antibody test in May and I was positive on that. And then um, I tested negative for COVID on a regular test later that week. Yeah. I mean, at that point I knew I had the, I knew I had it because I still had no taste and smell. Right. Um, so yeah, that's my COVID story. I definitely had it. Um, and I haven't even hugged my parents um, since I think February um, before I left to go back to LA. Because I'm just nervous about um, giving it to anybody, even though like I've tested negative and I've been very careful and um, kind of just acting like I could get it again. But I'm very afraid that I'll get it somehow again and not recognize it and give it to somebody else.
1: So it really didn't um, put you down. I mean, you know, you weren't like sick, sick. You were just. It didn't.
3: But what was crazy about it is that um, I know you've probably heard about long haul COVID at Mm -hmm. this point. Yeah. And I'm experiencing that. And so the week that I got my antibody test um, and I was waiting for my results, it was very weird, out of the blue, like I had the COVID breathing symptoms. And I knew people were going to think I was crazy for saying Mm. that, but I was like, I know I didn't get it again because I've been nowhere. Like everywhere I've been, I've had mask on, but all of a sudden, like heart palpitations, shortness of breath like felt like my chest was tight to the point where if i was sitting right here in my living room i would have to like almost like like unfasten my bra to breathe mm-hmm. to be honest mm-hmm. um it felt yeah it was scary
1: yeah and then it scary. subsided after
3: it um it subsided because i took i called my dad um after like the third day cuz i didn't want i didn't want to worry anybody and i didn't want anybody trying to come over here if, in fact, I had an active case still because I hadn't gotten my results back from the regular COVID test. Mm -hmm. But my dad actually had seen a study about Pepsid AC. Um, So when I told him what was going on um, about Pepsid AC in COVID patients, um, and we talked about just um, me taking Pepsid in the morning and at night. And I had already taken Pepsid before in the past, so you know there was no worry to it. And that and um, doing the steam that another friend told me where it was like, garlic and orange peels and, and sea salt uh, really made it go away like within five days. But the first day I did it, it was automatically better. It was like almost instantly better once I took that pepsid into that steam. Hmm. So, But yeah, it's just continuing to come back in cycles. Sense of taste and smell still off. Not 100%. It just comes and goes. I had a period of like maybe six weeks where everything was tasting like this weird stale taste mm-hmm. um so yeah it's just been um it didn't take me down but it's like annoying because it's like mm-hmm. when is it gonna actually go away and right. i haven't felt like i did before i got on that plane since before i got on that plane so it's not a game at all um and i had to learn that the hard way unfortunately but
1: mm-hmm. yeah and so so doctors really i mean we, we we just don't know enough at this point right i mean it's everybody's got something different and
2: yeah and people are having these kind of residual symptoms this is why i really want the millennials especially and you know are the newer adolescents gen z gen x uh, (laughs) gen y (laughs) right right. uh, all the folks but you need to understand that this is nothing to play with um you have to take the precautions because if you think that you're immune to this, you are not immune to this. And if you do get this, some people do well, some people have no symptoms, but other people have pretty severe symptoms and you can die. I mean, people have been dying from all ages, from infancy to the elderly. It's not something that's going to spare you because of your age generally. Now you may be in a better position if you're younger not to die, but the bottom line is these severe symptoms can occur in anybody at any age. Um, so. And the problem is, is like Brandy was saying, sometimes you get these long-term effects. We don't know enough about this thing. We know that when you get the long-term effects, when you get recurrence of symptoms, it's not because you have active virus anymore, but it's what has this thing done and when is it going to end? You know, I had a, another patient, for example, call me uh, about three or four months ago. I knew, well, actually, he uh, had COVID symptoms and just sinus symptoms, okay? Back in, just sort of like Brandy, back in uh, March. And I told him he probably had COVID because he did lose his, t- his sense of, you know, smell and taste as well. Right. And so anyway, quarantined him, got antibodies on him later. He was positive with his antibodies. So about four months or more after he had the virus, he called me. and said, "Doc, something's going on. I've been on the internet trying to figure this out." He said, "My eyebrows are—I'm I'm losing. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I'm losing my eyebrows." And I said, "Man, that's COVID." Wow. I said, "That's crazy." Hearing about. Hair loss with COVID. You know, I think Alyssa Milano has talked about that a lot. Right? Oh, that's right. And yeah. Yeah. I, right. And I said, that's COVID, man. I said, uh, you never had this before COVID, right? He said, no. I said, it's COVID. So anyway, I just kind of reassured him, told him that everything should come back. You know, it's, it's interesting that this virus, you know, sometimes in people who have overactive thyroid glands, will see this hair loss. Uh, there's this name we have called telogen effluvium. That's the medical term for losing your hair like that, especially with an overactive thyroid. We think Mm -hmm. that this virus is doing the same thing as people with overactive thyroids to the hair. It's really bizarre. So, you know, again, so if you get this, you want to be bold and out there not wearing a mask and all of a sudden get this stuff, just remember this, you may have symptoms that stay with you that you might not like and we don't know how long they want to stay, okay? So again, and then the other thing is when you go out there without your mask and all this stuff, like a lot of folks are doing, Remember that even though you may not be sick, you can bring it home or give it to a friend or give it to a relative. So just be cognizant of that because, you know, you can bring that home and then potentially destroy someone's life. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So so let me ask you this. Is there any preventive, anything we can do to, I, I know the mask and beyond those things and the social distancing, what else can we do to kind of try to at least show up our bodies or not prevent yeah, yeah. it, but.
2: Well, yeah, well, you raise a good point. And one of the one of the main things you want to do is try to make sure that you have a strong immune system. So uh, one of the things you want to try to do is make sure that your immune system is strong. So how do you do that? Well, you do that by eating healthy. Uh, you know, you want to make sure you're including a lot of plants in your diet. You know, the FDA says to eat. This was before COVID and the tainting of all the organizations in our country, by the way. <laughs> so when I say the FDA, the old FDA, Correct right. Uh, <laughs> You need to eat seven to thirteen servings of fruits and vegetables a day. That's what we should be doing. That's what we need to do to help build our immune systems. And so that's what people need to strive for. The other thing that's important is vitamin D. You know, Reggie, I've been talking to you and my family knows yes. about vitamin D for almost 20 years. Right, right. And as we gather data on COVID, you might have a worse course if COVID gets a hold of you. Worse course meaning more respiratory disease, more illness that can take you out of here. So vitamin D is very important. People need to talk to their providers though about how much vitamin D should I take. Bottom line is you need to take enough so that your level in your blood can get high enough to protect you. Talk to your providers about that. Uh, people have different opinions on that. But the bottom line is vitamin D is an important, important part of our, should be important about daily routine. You typically can't get enough in what you eat and what you drink, okay? So usually you're gonna have to take a supplement. So that's, that's important. The other thing that's a biggie is keeping yourself fit physically okay because I said this from the beginning um and I I, when I I said that when we look at all of the data on these people going in the hospital that have COVID we're having a lot of problems I bet that most of those people were going to be obese a great number of them. right and I said that because if you're obese obesity causes more inflammation COVID loves inflammation and so when it when it, it attacks people it likes people who have inflammation, and then once it attacks you, it causes more inflammation, and you get more decline of various body organs. So, so that is those are the, some of the main things to look out for: eating well, keeping yourself fit, keeping your body fat down, taking vitamin D. Um, last thing now: so when I talk about obesity, I'll just throw this at you: if you measure around the belly button in inches, if that if that circumference around the uh, belly button to the back is forty inches or more in a male, you got too much fat,
1: okay? Okay. And in women,
2: if work. it's more than 35, <laughs> if it's more than 35 in women, you got too much fat, that fat is creating inflammation, which is not good for you, which then that inflammation can lead to everything from cancer to heart disease to strokes and also open you up to COVID, okay? All
1: right. And and these are things I've heard many, many times from Dr. <laughs> <Five>. <laughs> right. And I try, and you know, we've been trying, I tell you. So with you two guys, and then I have couple more questions but how has it affected family life there between everybody brandy you know you're being positive and now you're over it and so how how, how have you guys kind of dealt with all of that
3: um it took me a really it took me a while to feel comfortable going around my family even with a mask on i think the first time that um, we got together outside was mother's day correct me if i'm wrong dad uh-huh. Um, we're all outside and like we were standing, I think we were probably like all 10 feet apart and I was like 20 feet apart from everybody like <laughs> right. in the yard just in case. Um, but after that, the first time we really had like a family gathering after that, I think was, uh, maybe Father's Day, um, uh-huh. where we were outside, um, and really just testing out the social distancing, um, and eating together outside and, you know, more than six feet apart. And then after that, we started feeling more comfortable doing that. Um, it kind of broke the ice. Um, so that's pretty much just what we've been doing. We haven't had close contact with each other. There's no hugs, which is really sad, or you know, kisses or anything. You know, embracing. It's just really we're six feet apart, uh, and that's it. I think um, the most we've done in terms of close contact is holding um, my nephew. We've had close contact with him, but we always have masks on yeah we're just we're super careful. that's what our family gatherings look like now and it's immediate family. It's not like our big family that we have here right. which is
1: so and this is for you and Armandi both and I'm just saying this because I know Armandi really feels a little you know guilty about possibly what happened and yeah and you know we' we're, we're, we're behind you guys we love you and so did you did you feel that did you feel guilty you know at at, at any point or
3: when I started trying to contact Everybody I had been around, that was scary. Was hard.
1: Yeah,
3: um, and I I did feel guilty. I mean, luckily nobody that I knew had it. Right. Like not even on an antibody test yet. Anyways, so that was I felt okay about that. But I, I just didn't know how many people that I got sick. I mean, I when I got back home, I wasn't just in all the way at first. Like I went and got my hair done. I thought I was going to be in a wedding that Saturday. Yeah. Well, it
1: was early on, so nobody. Yeah, yeah we didn't really know. Yeah. yeah. Um,
3: but in terms of family, no, because I made it a point. I told my mom was supposed to pick me up from the airport. And I said, I don't want you around me or I don't want you near the airport at all. Because it was like when I left, um, things were different than when I came back. That was mm. when people were like running to the grocery store and hoarding toilet paper and stuff. And I, right. was, I was like, what is happening? Right. So, um, But no, I didn't feel guilty for family because I made it a point to point not to, be around right. them. I almost was around my sister, though. We almost went to a spin class together and snuck and did it. Um, and then at the last minute she was like, maybe we shouldn't do this. (laughs) So that was a good
0: idea. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I know for me, I, I felt really bad. I was like, you know, my biggest thing was even if I do get it, I don't want my dad or my mom to get it. And I live with them. So it's kind of like, you know, if I go down, you know, they, they might be going down with me. So, um, I felt pretty bad. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't even, aside from my dad, probably not letting me leave the house for the rest of my life. Um, You know, even, even personally, I don't really feel comfortable now that I know I might have dodged a bullet. uh, Thanks to Dr. Fowler. I I don't know if I actually did or not. There's still a chance. Uh, We were pretty
1: happy this morning. Right. You know, uh,
0: um, but, uh, but,
1: but you know, what's important about that is that these are things people need to know, because I, I think that we can, we can easily try to, Give ourselves a false sense of security and denial. That's what we. That's what we do as humans. So I yeah. think knowing the real deal and and just fessing up to it and saying, okay, you know, this is what we need to look out for. This is what right. we could be headed for. And this is what we need to do. I think is is important. It's hard because yeah. as humans, we don't want to deal with the hard stuff. But right. sorry.
0: No, 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 no. I mean, you're right. So now I don't even, I don't even want to leave the house. Like I, I feel like. No, it's cool. I'll just stay here. Like, I don't need friends. Um, I don't need to go anywhere. Like, it's okay. I dodged the bullet. So like, I'm, you know, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. And
1: we're not letting you go in. So no more trips to to (laughs) Chattanooga. Right. So, So, you know, but uh, so doc, um, and, and this is really for everybody. We've got the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine. So what about those two vaccines going forward?
2: Well, I encourage everyone who's able to take the flu vaccine, if they have not had a reaction to it before, to take the flu vaccine. Uh, If you look at numbers, I've actually talked about this on the air before, okay? Mm -hmm. When you look at from 2018, 2019, there were about close, a little over 34,000 deaths from the flu, okay? And almost a half million admissions to the hospital from the flu. Okay. Wow. That's a lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So in this, and the flu, people think off oftentimes, the flu doesn't give you all these crazy symptoms like COVID, uh, but it gives you usually symptoms as we all know, muscle aches, and you can get fatigue from that too. You can get fevers and you can get sore throats and you can get headaches. And, but the interesting thing is people, and also respiratory problems and pneumonia, but people oftentimes think that when you die from the flu, it's from, respiratory issues like pneumonia. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, the flu also can cause heart attack. And it does it because it creates inflammation in the arteries uh, that supply blood to the heart and blocks them and can cause a heart attack. And COVID is doing that and then some. COVID is not only affecting those blood vessels in the same way that supply blood to the heart, but, but you're hearing a lot of COVID cases affecting heart muscle. And, you know, the heart itself, you're hearing this in a lot of the athletes, uh, you know, there mm-hmm. was, I think, one of the quarterbacks from one of the local schools, I Georgia, yeah, yeah. Southern, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the, the quarterback had, you know, what we call myocarditis, which is inflammation of the muscle of the heart. And that can take you out of here. I mean, thank the Lord, uh, many people are not dying in that manner, but some have, and yeah. it can happen. So, so again, I think, you know, and, and understand that quarterback is a young person. You know, he's in college. I can't can't stress this enough about this, how safe we have to try to be, uh, because this thing is no joke. Now, the question is, will he have problems intermittently during his life with this? I think he's back now uh, trying to practice and get back into the game. Mm -hmm. Will he have problems? And one of the Toronto Blue Jays, I think you probably heard earlier this year, also had an effect from COVID with his heart, we don't know the long-term effects right now. We hope that these things are going to be self-limited, ultimately, eventually, just go away. But we just don't know. That's that's the deal right now. And so, I definitely encourage the flu shot. The other thing is, just like the flu vaccine, some people get the flu shot. They say, "Okay, I'm good." Always I remember this.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, always remember it. It takes two weeks, back to fourteen days again.
1: Okay. Right.
2: After you get a flu shot. To develop your antibodies to fight the flu so there's a window there where you can still get the flu during that two-week period two weeks after that you should be good but remember the flu also influenza also can mutate just like covid's mutating mm-hmm. now. so even though you had your flu shot i recommend hop, you're going to get definitely some protection but you may not be 100 uh protected because it mutates the other thing when should you get the flu shot okay right you get, you get it now and the reason is usually you're going to get about six months of coverage to protect you after that shot. So, right now, that'll take you probably somewhere into March. Because remember, I said it takes two weeks to build the antibodies right. going, mm-hmm. right. take into March. Flu usually peaks in February, okay? But we're seeing it march itself into March now, okay? Marching into March, right. okay? And in fact, a couple of years ago, I diagnosed two cases of the flu in June. And you say, well, how can you diagnose flu? Well, we had the same nasal PCR test with flu. We've had that for years. So we can tell you. Right, if right. A influenza B within 15 minutes my, in the office. Okay. So that's why I can tell you I did that. Now, why is that happening? I don't know. So people say climate change, uh, which is an issue. Okay. Yeah. But we don't know. I'm, I'm concerned about the COVID vaccine because the, of the speed that they're trying to get this thing out. I understand why they're trying, because they not want to try to save people and protect people, but
1: mm-hmm. I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about the speed. speed. Brandy, what do you think about the COVID vaccine? And Armandy? I'm just curious as to.
3: I feel like how I felt when they um, reopened everything in Georgia. I was like, let me see, let me let everybody else go try it first. <laughs> and then I'll see what I want to try. Not like I don't that. this is not something I would jump out there and, and take. Um, especially like I would listen to my dad all day on, You know his perspective on the vaccine. Um, So yeah, when they release the vaccine, I'm not going to be first in line for it. And also, I don't even know uh, would I even need it, Dad, since I already had it before.
2: Well, yeah, you probably still need it. Yeah, it's just like if you had, you know, think about the flu vaccine; it's every year, right? Right. So the vaccine is
0: probably gonna be the same way. I'm not gonna take it right away either. So I'm I'm with you on that. I feel like it is kind of being rushed and. I, for good reason, you know, you want to save people's lives and, and everything, but I, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of sketchy. Um, just how fast that they've been working on it. And
1: yeah. Yeah. So any, any last words as we talk about COVID? Cause I, I do oh, I have get, a question. oh Go ahead.
0: I just, I wanted to ask, um, and I guess this is for both of you guys. Just, I mean, for me, I see that COVID is, is going to become, I have a feeling it's going to become something that is, kind of like the flu, how we deal with the flu every year, people get it, it's going to become more natural, I think, to have COVID out there and it be a thing that you can contract. So how do you, how do you feel like life is going to be moving forward, even if we're three years from now, or two years from now, or four years from now, when maybe not as many people are dying, but How do you think life's going to be in the changes that are, that are happening now? Do you think they're going to continue to be the same way Is life going to kind of be the same way for the next couple of years? Or how long do you think we're going to be, you know, Oh, this is the thing, right. You know, this, this being the new normal.
2: Well, I think, you know, first of all, COVID unfortunately has taught us a lot of things that we should have been doing already. Okay. Um, you know, and, and, and unfortunately, life is going to change like it has already, you know, and you see somebody now shaking their hand, hey, <laughs> right, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, you might not be able to do that anymore. Uh, you know, and all this stuff, may not be able to do that anymore. Um, you know, I don't want everybody to be germaphobes, but, but I think we have to be a little bit more careful than we have been before. Mm. I think when we do get this vaccine, then it'll be sort of like the situation we are, where we are now with the flu. The only problem with, uh, that scares me about COVID is it just seems to be more deadly, and in the, in the side effects that you get as a result of having it are not like we get the flu. When you get the flu, you're usually done. That's it, mm-hmm. and you're back to normal. Right, <laughs> right. Right. None, of these, none of these residual things are happening, you know. But I think the, the bottom line is that we're just going to have to be careful. Will we have to wear masks forever? I don't think so. I think down the line, once we get enough, uh, with respect to the, the safety of the vaccine and everything. We can ease up a little bit on those kinds of things, but at the same time, I still think we have to be careful and not do some of the things that we did before. We have to be mm-hmm. more hygienic, wash our hands. We right. a lot of people were not doing that as much. We have to do that more now. Okay, uh, after we touch things um, uh, or touch people. Okay, so if we're going to do that, so so I think we the life yeah life has changed. It's going to change. Um, but uh, at the same time, I think we'll get some. We'll get back to some of our normality. We'll get back mm-hmm. to some. Of going to take time and get this vaccine out here and hopefully you know that'll 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 bring us back to some like i said where we've been before
1: to some degree do you you ever think doc that that they'll be able to kind of match up uh a a person's physiology with some of the things that happen to them in other words if you have a certain blood type then you're more apt to have this or get this from covid or Do you think there's so many variables that, you know, it's always going to be this, you just don't know till you get it kind of thing? Yeah, I think. I mean, there's some things that we know about obesity and other things that make you more prone, right, to being uh, more serious, right?
2: Most of the the, uh, underlying illnesses, like diabetes, hypertension, uh, the obesity issue, and people who are immunocompromised, a lot of those uh, diseases I mentioned are associated with inflammation too. So I, I think, you know, the bottom line is uh, I think that with respect to your own physiology, it, it depends on a lot, you know, how well you take care of yourself. Uh, and like I said, the, the, the vitamin D levels and all that sort of stuff are all important. But then, you know, you hear about people, oh, I have, I'm totally healthy and I still got it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what totally healthy means. I don't know if those totally healthy people have low vitamin D levels. You know what I mean? Right. I right. Yeah. Uh, you know, because a whole bunch of people do have low vitamin D right. levels. That you
1: know, are, that are. Athletes and everything very,
2: else. They yeah. think they're healthy. So and I've seen world class athletes come into my office with extremely low vitamin D. Okay. Mm. World Okay. So I can tell you that, you know, that's out there. And um, so I think it's just it's a challenge, guys. It's gonna be a challenge, and uh, you know, who knows Reggie, who's more at risk than others at this point. We know the ones who are. There's some that we don't quite understand at this point in time, but we don't have all the data on them at this point in time. Whether your genetics plays a role, right? I don't think we know at this point in time. If that's what you're going after, I just don't know at this point in time. I don't think anybody knows. Okay.
1: Gotcha. Anything uh, from, from a boomer perspective you'd like to ask our panel of millennials, Doc? Well, first of all, I would like
2: to thank them because I think the millennials are a new group that has done some amazing things. Uh, you guys have Grab the reins, and I feel proud that you guys are going to rise up like you have and take over for us when we're we're no longer here and as we're here now. Uh, we appreciate you guys for that. Uh, we feel like you're very aggressive in what you're trying to achieve, and I encourage you to keep on doing that. Uh, I think you've just been an awesome generation, so keep it up, and thanks.
1: Yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, well, uh, you yeah. know, we do what we can. And, and be so. safe. Right, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Stay safe. <laughs> what about you, Brandy, for, for us old-timers here, what uh, you know, um, anything or you want to say or ask us or, you know, you know. Um, I'm sure you've got a lot of perspective from your dad. And, of course. As uh, but no, I mean, for me.
3: Well, right back at, you know, Boomers, thank you for <laughs> paving the way for us and for fighting for us, you know, everything that you did um, helped us to be able to, you know, walk into any office that we want to and try to get a job and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think the one thing I want to know from boomers is, is there something like a big life lesson you learned so far that's carried you throughout your life um, that you would pass on to millennials?
1: Oh, wow. I, I knew Brandy had a question. Because, of, <laughs> <laughs> because no. that's, that's what she t- <laughs> I should have yeah. known better, right? I, I didn't, didn't think yeah. about it. But uh, I'll I'll let Doc go. uh, Why don't you go first, Doc, on that?
2: Well, I just think that you need to know who you are Hmm. and trust in God Hmm. and trust that you understand that you have a voice and make your voice heard and never back down. Never back down. But understand that when you're confronted with a situation like the George Floyds, like the Brianna's. Sometimes these are tough situations to deal with, but we have to keep our cool as best we can. You know, of course, they didn't have an opportunity to do that. George seems like he kept his cool.
1: Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. And, but at the same time, we have to keep our cool and try our best to see if the system's going to work. You know, I, I remember when I was in College and one of my friend's mothers who's was in Washington D.C. and I was telling her, I said, you know what, I'm kind of conflicted. I like medicine so much, but I like the law too. I'm not sure which way I should go. <laughs> she made this point too. This lady was phenomenal. She used to write speeches for a lot of the uh, congressmen, mm-hmm. and she was the mother of one of my roommates. And she told me, she said, you know what, Reggie, she said, you might as well go into medicine because the bar was written by the white man and you never going to change it. <laughs> <laughs> Good now to this day, I those that echoes in my head, not so much because I don't think we can we still have the opportunity, we may be able to change it and I think we can change it. But at the same time, those laws that were created, unfortunately, did not always represent us. Mm-hmm. Now is the time. And mm-hmm. you millennials help us make
1: that change. Yeah. And, and i I think from from me it's you know you have so many opportunities available to you um, and take advantage take advantage of those opportunities, particularly the opportunities that you have to speak out and make change. and I think that you know we didn't have a lot of a lot of things like that, but also to listen um, to listen to your elders. Mm-hmm. Because look, we were all twenty-something, and I know I, I I would get this from my parents, and I was like, "Oh, okay, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah." You kind of listen. <laughs> I know it's hard. I mean, Doc and I can tell you, we've been there. You know, we've 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 been through a lot, and we've made a lot of mistakes. A uh, couple of mistakes that you know our parents have said, "Don't do this," and we go, "Oh, it'll be okay. It'll be okay." That's that was. I think as as young people, that's always your mantra: "It'll be okay." And and just to kind of stop and think about that when you're getting ready to do something or you're thinking about doing something. And and we've kind of said you might think twice. And so instead of saying it's OK, just kind of, you know, just thinking about that. I know that's hard. I mean, and that's generational. But uh, I, I can tell you it works. I mean, and, and my parents said it to me. Look, I've been there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. But you haven't been like here. <laughs> and so. <laughs> you know, but a lot of things, like in the Bible it says, is, there's, not a lot, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. So we just, uh, I, I think that, to, to listen and apply that, but also take advantage of of all the many opportunities. Man, I, I thought, I wish I'd had half of the opportunities that you guys, had. particularly Ali Brandy and Armandi, both of you guys being kind of in, on the entertainment side of things. It was really, really hard to make any kind of inroads in that. Uh, Back in the day, I mean, um, you know, Armani's working on movie sets, Brandy, you're interviewing all of these people and on the red carpet that was back in our day, you know, to have those aspirations, sometimes just got regulated to or we we got pointed to just being in, you know, local news, if you want to be on TV, you need to be had to be a local news reporter. And that was just starting to happen in the 70s. So just didn't have the opportunity, so just take advantage of those. you know that would be my my uh, suggestion so
0: okay, boomer <laughs> wow. yeah,
1: well, you know Armandy nah. when we do this, Armandy reminds me quit <laughs> rambling no no, the no.
0: over and over again. <laughs> No, yeah. I said that for the sake of the joke, but i yeah, i do I, I do agree with brandy i I do want to thank you know you guys um just for the knowledge and i mean of course, as young people just as you guys were once our age, we're going to be like, okay, yeah. You know, when you give us advice and everything, it's like, okay, yeah, Yeah. you know, whatever. (laughs) Like, we'll be okay. But um, I do think the older I get, I know the more I appreciate the things that you've instilled in me as my father Mm -hmm. and even just other people that I see that are Mm -hmm. older than me, um, that give me advice and try to show me Um, certain things that I shouldn't do. And here's the reasons why, because I, I went through this and, you know, learned from my mistakes. So I, I want to say, you know, thank you, but also that, you know, even though sometimes as millennials and even younger generations, we may be stubborn and we, it may seem like you're not getting through to us right away. And it's a shame that it's not right away, but, continue to instill these things in us and continue to even if we complain about it, even if we're tired of hearing it, sometimes we are stubborn. And um it, it takes repetition deepens the impression. So I guarantee you the older we get, the more we will understand and try to also share that same wisdom and advice to even younger generations. So we're not a lost cause. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. No, 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 I mean, yeah, but you know, Um, but we do, I I do appreciate all the the wisdom uh, that older generations give to me. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah. And as we get older, we'll be repeating stuff over and over. Right, well, <laughs> you become you become <laughs> forgetful. So you know, Might yeah, not have control over that? <laughs> All right. right. Uh, well, guys, I just want to want to thank you for joining us. You guys All stay great. safe, and thank you for 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 everything that you uh, continue to do. So,
2: All thank right.
1: you. Very thank much. you, guys. Have a great day. So, boy, Brandy, Doctor Fowler, we learned we learned a great bit from yeah from Doctor Fowler. There's right? a few surprises there. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It tells you. I'm telling you, folks, this thing is nothing to play with. Um, I have uh, run into more and more people. You know, back in March, April, May, didn't know really anybody that had been infected. A couple of people. Now I'm hearing. You know, I, I talk to people and who have actually been infected, who've yeah. gotten over it. Brandy's a long hauler. Yeah, Yeah, that's a trip. And I mean, you know, at months after getting this thing, she still is having effects from it. Um, And, you know, the fact that you can go to a gathering and you're thinking you're okay, and you're at friends and it could be three or four people or five.
0: Yeah, that still doesn't mean you're safe, guys. And and you're not. I mean, trust me. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Take my advice. (laughs) Trust so me. again,
1: we want to encourage everybody yeah. to social distance, to mask up, to protect not just yourself, the people around you, but your family and your friends as well. And we hope that this particular episode will help you in understanding that this is nothing to play with. So again, thank you for joining us. And we want to thank Brandy. We want to thank Dr. Fowler for being yeah. uh, being our guest. Uh, also, we want to remind you, if you're feeling ill, if you have any idea, you know, it, things are not quite right, get tested. Yeah. It, it's a little thing up your nose, not that big a deal. I mean, you know,
0: it's really not that big of a deal. Like, it's it sucks. But you know what sucks even worse? Getting corona. <laughs> right. So get tested, people. If you're feeling under the weather, keep wearing a mask you know keep social distancing because it's a real thing like take it from me and and my covid scare and and everything like our covid scare I mean yeah that's true right. but yeah. you know
1: so i'm just wondering that's facts it i can't affect- forget about you guys yeah, you're right it does affect other people particularly yeah. if they're boomers yeah so that's facts okay just, boomer just just saying uh, also thank you for subscribing so many people I uh, have have hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate that. That means yeah. for all you old timers out there, I know you know this whole podcasting thing is a little confusing. I get it, but all you got to do is go to your podcast app and type in "Boomer and the Millennial." You'll find us and just hit subscribe. Yeah, that's what happens. This is magic. Every time we drop a new episode, you will be notified and all you gotta do is click on it and listen.
0: I love how you're you're letting the boomers know because we already know this.
1: I know you do. Yeah, yeah. But I'm gonna tell you, I for, for the longest I didn't I didn't understand well, what was the difference between podcasting and just archiving something on a website. Now I know. Yeah. It comes directly to me mm-hmm. on my phone, uh, my my smart speaker. Uh, wherever, you know, I've got this thing set up, it's going to come directly to me. So yeah. subscribe. Yeah. Join the family. Yeah. You know what I mean? We got a lot of things on the horizon, a lot more interviews and uh, a lot more things to talk about. We want to hear from you as well. So reach out to us on social media. Armandy.
0: That's facts. Uh, we are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Just so you guys know that the Instagram is Boomer underscore and underscore the millennial. And on Twitter, we are Boom and Mill Pod. All right. So, I like that. And we're yeah.
1: also on Facebook, Boom and Mill.
0: Yeah, you know, for all you people that are still on Facebook. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> so, you for all you boomers that are still on Facebook, <laughs> don't worry. We, we have something for you as well. All right. So, so thanks again, and we will catch you next time. That's facts. Right. Until next time when we're back at it like a cracker. <laughs> peace out. All right. Peace, guys. <laughs>